Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale. That's back, baby! It's been a long hiatus, but it's time, once again, for another dark, disgusting episode of Riverdale. I'm Alex! Am I I tripping on maple mushrooms and (laughs) fantasizing the return of Riverdale? Or has it come to pass that we may leave the darkness and once more venture out into the darkest town in all of America? It's not a town anymore, technically. Riverdale? I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the big, highly anticipated return of Riverdale Season 5, Episode 11, Strange Bedfellows, that just aired on the CW. Now, let me give a brief bit of recap, as brief as you can get, with Riverdale before we get into it. Keep it brief. Good luck. What I want to hear from you guys, uh, because it has been... So many months, one of the longest breaks, if not the longest break ever for Riverdale since it premiered back in 2017, I believe. Something. Yeah, the longest break is before Riverdale premiered, where we were from no Riverdale to Riverdale. That was right. the, the longest part of our lives we've lived in that Do you week. remember? Yeah. I think it was around 2014. I feel like we were talking. We were like, when is Riverdale going to be on? Yeah, Exactly. We, we were sitting on recording this podcast being like, we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> There's no episodes. Hey, do you guys, what's your favorite couple? And everybody's like, I don't know. Anyway, speaking of couples, let's kick it off talking about Archie and Veronica. Now, they had gotten back together after the seven-year time jump. However, Veronica went down to serve divorce papers 
to her asshole husband, Chad, but spent mm, one Chadwick. lovely night together, and then he oh, trapped her into a marriage. So that's oh. something that she is going to be dealing with right off with Archie as we get into this episode. Meanwhile, Archie has been going up against Hiram, as he has always wanted to do, as he's trying to save the town of Riverdale. But the big thing that happened with Hiram was he caused a jailbreak in his own jail, that a cartoonish we found jail, jailbreak. Very cartoonish jailbreak. Uh, that we also found out the reason he built the jail was to mine a vein of palladium, a very of expensive. Of course, we knew that. We suspected yeah. that. Everybody so, suspected I've, that. I've been into the mineral rights subplots going on in Riverdale for <laughs> years, and I love this. Uh, the talc mine has been mm-hmm. really oh, popular. Yeah, dude. Well, not to keep harping on the same thing, but before Riverdale was on, this podcast was mostly about mineral rights. So it's finally paying off all that research and all those episodes we did. I sure. can't believe Copper and Cadmium are getting together, or co- Copdium, as we call them. <laughs> hashtag. Shit. Don't forget the hashtag. So, meanwhile, one of those prisoners that broke out was Penelope Blossom. She came back to the Blossom household. There was a little bit of a whole wind god thing going on, but there's a swerve with that. This episode doesn't quite go in the direction that we thought. The important thing you need to remember, though, is Just Penelope. A just a little bit, tiny little swerve. Just Penelope, a giant, small swerve. Uh, Penelope is there. That's the main thing that you need to know about that. Meanwhile, Betty hit the road in her truck looking for the people that kidnapped Polly and a bunch of other girls on the lonely highway. Everybody else thinks that Polly Cooper is dead. She does not think Polly is dead. She's going to track her down. Meanwhile, Jughead took some maple mushrooms, which we mentioned earlier, in order to jumpstart his writing. As you do. Wrote, had a trip, broke out of the handcuffs, left some bloody handcuffs behind and wandered off, leaving Tabitha Tate to discover an empty sex bunker with no Jughead Jones inside of it. And Nothing worse than an empty sex bunker. (laughs) It's heartbreaking. And the last main character you probably need to know about is that Reggie has been working for Hiram for nefarious reasons. We don't exactly know why. Now, there's actually a lot of other things that you potentially can know uh, or should know for this episode because there's a ton of characters that return to the series. The Dickens family, a crime family, Mm -hmm. shows up again. Also, Jessica who is Jughead's ex-girlfriend from New York, shows up. She's the one who sold him the maple mushrooms. Uh, And another uh, famous character that we've been wondering about, the voicemail shows up. We'll talk about that later on. There's been a lot of teases about that. One character we still don't know anything about, and this is pressing. I just want to get this out of the way. Top of the recap. We still don't know what's going on with Toffee the cat. It has been months. (laughs) Toffee, we miss you. Please come on. Let us know you're okay. Free yes. toffee. And as we've, I, I've said this a lot, free toffee, toffee lives in a briefcase. I would love some free toffee half, if you have some. Oh, man, please. One, <laughs> hashtag free toffee. A lot of people Here's can get the thing. behind that cause. Pete, you know this. You go down to the boardwalk, first one's free, and then they're like, now you got to buy a box. It <laughs> yeah, sucks. exactly. Yeah. But um, just to finish my theory, Pete, you're a cat guy. Back me up on this. Um, sure, cats sure. can live in a, in briefcases where one half of the briefcase is food and the no. other half of the briefcase stop. is a litter box. <laughs> and it's stop eating and this is weird. In, if you don't start your own Amazon like kind of like company that makes this, you're you're a fool because this is just you know, <laughs> you're pitching the this thing that doesn't exist. 
If you're a business uh, business person and a cat business owner, cat? it's a perfect combination. If you're a business yeah. cat. Yeah. yeah. I have this cat carrier, and it's just not working for my business meetings. Plus, <laughs> there's no ham in it. What shall I do? No ham. Good. Yeah, wasn't that the whole thing? There's like lunch meat inside the suitcase as well, Justin, or am I misremembering this? Yeah, throw it on top. That's for the human. <laughs> I think you made up ham. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm just very hungry. <laughs> Before we jump into the episode, and we're going to walk through all of the big plot points that happened here, though. What was it like finally having Riverdale back yes, on TV? Yes, thank you for starting with this. Thank you, yes. It felt great. <laughs> oh, no, nothing it, further. It yeah. felt, Whew. it was just like uh, something that you've wanted for so long, and it felt great to get it back What's really exciting is like the feeling of like dread that you forgot about for your characters that you love and for all your ships. Mm. You know, like this episode kind of put things in motion and there's a lot of feelings about it. But like overall, super pumped to be back. I felt like they took it easy on us in this episode, which makes me scared for more episodes in the future. And picking up on that, I, I agree. Like, I was, like, coming back with, like, big season premiere energy. And mm-hmm. I, that's not what this is. This is very much a picking up where we left off and moving Yeah, it's into, like checking in with each person a little bit. And it was like, it was like, Betty's riding on the big rigs. And it's like, yeah. how she took a short break and is solving a mystery. Um, everyone's doing their own thing, but they're also doing sort of what the show needs it to do. So it definitely... Uh, it had a vibe that I didn't quite expect. Which one of you is about to get arrested? By I'm the about way? to get arrested. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right. That, that is Peter Pitch. <laughs> yeah. I got nervous because I saw the lights and I was like, oh, God. I thought this actually really worked well as a return episode. To your point, Justin, yeah, it's not a season premiere. It's not brash or big or anything like that. But the whole Jughead missing storyline works very nicely to bring you back in and really reset everything in a certain way. Um and I I like this episode. I thought, yeah. you know, it was another very typical Riverdale episode where there's a lot of different trains running. But through the montage at the end in particular, they brought everything visually together well. It felt cohesive, even though everybody was in different places. So I enjoyed it. I was very happy with this episode, personally. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely happy with it. Um, it, it just... Um, I, once I sort of reset my expectations, I was like, oh, right, I love all these storylines, and here I am able to see them go forward. And especially with Jughead, I'm, I get it. Like, when I have to write, like, a, a big email to a coworker, I'm like, oh, well, I should take some mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. I should take some <laughs> mushrooms just to, like, get the <laughs> just creative get loose. juices. Just get loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really good for me to be reminded that that's a totally normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Let's start writer. walking through this episode. We kick it off with a very brief Alice glimpse. This is the only time we see her in the episode, unfortunately. But she's leading Archie and Kevin and Mr. Weatherby through the school, the which has been totally trashed yeah. because of the criminals that escaped from Hiram's jail. Um, so we get to see that. What's up, Pete? I'm just very uh, you're about to get to a, a, a a very funny part that I'm excited to talk about. I was just yeah, uh, I'm pre excited for everything we're going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to. In- we're here to interrupt you and say we can't wait. To keep we can't talking. wait to talk about what you get to. I'm just super excited about. Very it. excited. Okay, great. I'll keep very walking excited. through it and uh, after yeah. each. Should I let you know when I'm done with a bullet point? Yeah, so, that'd be awesome. Okay. Uh, we'll just you, we do this thing. Actually, Alex, we're going to try this thing where we interrupt you, and we're going to oh, see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's You'll great. know I we're doing that. it because we're we're to talk. We'll start talking while oh, you're still talking. That sounds perfect. So let's give it a then shot. Then we jump over to Veronica, who has immediately come back. Well, from oh, New York. oh, you you skipped right past it. You got amazing. You skipped, <laughs> you skipped right past it. So I can't believe. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, you skipped right past it. <laughs> what did I skip past? Okay, what could so this possibly there was be? this amazing moment where they were like. Hey, Archie, fix the school. And he was like, uh, guys, I don't know if I can do that. And then all the other things I'm going to need to do for the rest of this episode. And it was never addressed again. Archie is just in charge of fixing the school. They told him to do it. And that was it. And it was a very hysterical, very fun moment. I, I will say across the board in this episode, it's very funny to be reminded of all of the hats everyone in this show is wearing. We'll probably talk about it in a second, but they're like, where's Jughead? Well, he lived He lived under the <laughs> stairs at the school for a time in a Harry Potter-esque situation. Oh, yeah. but also he has a desk and office because he teaches there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, right, all these people, while doing all the nine things they do, they're also teachers at the school for some reason. Yeah, it is also, you're absolutely right, Pete. I, we... We had an episode, if, if folks listen back, we talked to Denise Nadredre, the set decorator for the show. And it's funny to see scenes like that where they're like, hey, Archie, just fix the entire school. And he's like, yep, no problem. While he's also completely changing over Veronica's apartment, I believe, still, and other things he's going to fix up and work on. And that's all. There are real people who actually have to do that stuff. And according to Denise, like sometimes it's like over a weekend, they're just panicked doing that. So it's funny to think about it just in a real world context of how much work these people have to You're do like, for Archie's tossed off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds literally good. Archie would have to walk away and would be just like, you wouldn't see him for a long time if he had to face the school. It was such a huge, but anyway, sorry. Well, we're almost to my favorite bizarre thing in the episode, which is in the Veronica scene. So she comes back from New York. Smithers is there recaps literally everything that's happened for her. Yeah, he, that's, he why, watches you Butler, right that's why you have a Smithers. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you can see the sweet recap. But my favorite thing It seems thing like Butler's bring you, bring you drinks, but a lot of what Butler's do is, is remind you who you are, what you're up to, and who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you see a TV show with a previously on, the person doing that previously on is a Butler. That's yeah. what they're referring to. Hello, master. <laughs> uh, earlier on in this season of your life, uh, you... <laughs> My favorite thing, though, was the enormous opal that yeah. Veronica had. What was that? That was crazy. It looked I like it was show out of may Aquaman. Have, <laughs> I think the show may have slightly overestimated the staying power of uncut gems as a film. <laughs> <laughs> because when we got that, I was like, oh, right, that movie was a big deal. And then it sort of faded. Uh, but this is like, oh, of course, we're getting the, the, the more of the Uncut gem storyline, which is what we were paying homage to um, with Veronica this season. Is there an enormous opal in Uncut Gems? I haven't actually seen the movie. I know there's there like a, a giant magical gem. Yeah. Oh, okay. let, let me that throw grabs this at you. Adam Sandler witches. And he's like, doop a doo doo Oh, what? Yes. I'm sorry. What was that? Adam Sandler in um, Uncut Gems, he gets the Uncut Gem. He's a bad dad. It. I'm just a, wondering. I, if no, no, you've this seen is. It. I just read the plot description. He's a bad dad. <laughs> no, and no, he wanders into a gem store, and he's like, "Can we talk I about need to get something for my kids?" Is he a Cookie Monster? Because it sounds like you're being a Cookie Monster. No, that's monster. my Adam Sandler impression. Mm. I don't know yeah. what you're doing. I, I will say Veronica did scream, um, "Pee in your pants is cool." A lot <laughs> in this episode, which I didn't expect. 
Right. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, the title actually reflects a lot of the size of the gem in the mm. film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uncut. Oh, I, I so saw cut gems. Oh, it's a that's different problem. Yeah, much shorter. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a shorter movie. So then Veronica hears what's been going on with Archie and all the bad stuff that's happening to him, runs over to the house, gives him a hug, and Archie basically immediately breaks up with her. Well, he sets some healthy boundaries is what he does. Uh, I think that was very smart of him to be like, listen, we can't keep this on and off again thing. You get some papers, then we'll talk about it. Very mature. It's an elaborate chess game. It's an elaborate chess game he's playing to get back to Betty, and I applaud it in this moment. (laughs) I agree with you, Pete. This was a very mature decision from Archie. Who is this guy? Veronica treated it really well as well. And I think it points to just the overall growing up arc that they have for Archie right now. No, no, this is, I disagree. (laughs) No, this is freeing up Archie to either have another relationship or again, uh, re up with get to get Archie going. Like I just think they got back. Varchi got back together so hard and it was like, Oh, I I think there's more to be done in this season of Riverdale, so we have to uh, get Archie going um, in another direction. Well, what about Veronica, though? Do you think we talked about this a little bit on one of the previous episodes? Reggie, Reggie? we're going to see Man, Man Monica, Monica rising. Man Monica in full effect. All right. We'll see. I don't know. We're going to get to the scene at the end, but I do think when they're talking and pops right at the end there. They're still into each other. Archie still wants to be with her. Veronica wants to be with him. Sure, so. but he's like, he's saying you can't, we got to have some things set up before this can happen. Sure, there's still the sparks, which is great, but, you know, he's not acting on it. I feel like there would need he to be seen. another step there is the thing. There would have to be something else, which is entirely possible, that Chad pulls out that prevents Veronica from uh. really going through with the divorce in any Chad. timely yeah. manner, and that would be the point that Archie would be like, you know what, forget it, I'm out entirely. Such and then we move on from there. That could be. But I also think, let's not forget that Archie um, was flirting pretty heavily with the maple alien, and I mm-hmm. think there's going to be something going on there. Wow, you've wow. changed. You've changed over the yeah. hiatus. Now you ship that. Yeah. Well, so There's a lot of characters. Everyone's got to be in love. Speaking of a lot of characters, Penelope reveals oh, that she God. has started a ministry in prison. Oh and as we find out later, we can kind of go through this whole storyline here because it's a couple of absolutely bonkers scenes. Just this is a lot. This is it a lot. is a lot. Penelope's ministry, and she slowly unfolds the information here, is praying to the Sweetwater, but not mm. the river specifically. Okay, all right. In fact, her son Jason, who died, is the focus of her ministry, and Jason is a, a god who is all around us. Cheryl, of course, and thankfully, is like, that's crazy. You're ridiculous. What are you even talking about? There's a very nice line later on where she says, you know, I used to believe in something, but not so much anymore. Well, her opening line to her mom was hysterical. Like, shouldn't you be hiding in walls? Mm-hmm. That was that was, ju- that was that was just good. great. And, and uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Nana seems kind of just along for the ride at this point. Go ahead, Pete. I mean, when you're Nana's age, you're like, yeah, I'll sure. join a religion. I'll yeah, join your cult. Good. What have I? Whatever got you want. Well, and like the the way they Cheryl sort of throughout the storyline, she's like, this is ridiculous, and then she's like, eh, I believe in it too, maybe. <laughs> By the end of the episode. I mean, my favorite line from the whole thing is when they're talking about 
they're having sort of a real conversation about like existence, religion, the afterlife. And then Penelope's like, there's another world out there where the maple syrup flows. I was like, Candyland? What are we talking about here? <laughs> what do you want? You want to end up in some sticky heaven? I don't know. I, yeah. I, I mean, that was definitely not actually the most ridiculous part. I think the most ridiculous part is when Cheryl goes into her room, she's really thinking about it, and opens up the trunk where she's been keeping the burnt corpse of Jason Yeah. after giving him a Viking funeral and finally saying goodbye to him last season. Yeah. No, Very disappointing, goodbye. i got to be honest. Well, sometimes when she needs a little pick-me-up, she opens up the chest, and the skeleton kind of gives her like a little power nod. And, and a then wink. she's like, yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm ready to go. Well, or gives her ready a to fi- red bird that shows up, and suddenly she believes in her mom's religion. Well, can we talk a little bit about the sweet water? Because it sounded like Cheryl's mom said it was from Jason's blood? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the idea here... Which does make sense in the crazy oh, gothic wow. blossom way. Well, I I follow this religion, so I, you know, just be yes. careful. Let's tread lightly in terms of not insulting me and my beliefs. Okay, but if the idea here is uh, most likely Penelope is working at angle, let's be honest, and that's what's going to happen at the end of the day, or she's going to give it up and run away. But if she does honestly believe it, the idea is Jason. We know did not actually die in the Sweetwater River, but you could say that he went into the Sweetwater River. That's where everybody assumed he died. And then he was reborn out of there before actually his father shot him in a basement somewhere that much less of a good basis for religion. But I think this is what she's talking about. She's mixing up all the blossom stuff in terms of. They worship their maple farms. They think they are holy. They've always had that maple ritual that we saw in the first season. So it's all mixed up in that. And I think it's also working towards just kind of like building up the lodge versus blossom conflict that we've already seen a little bit where Hiram wants the blossom farm. So I think that's setting up a little bit of that as well, making it a religious thing versus a business thing or something like that. Yes, Pete. So, so I just want to, I just want to see if I can wrap my head around this, Alex. What you're saying is, uh, Cheryl's yes. mom came out from behind a wall, started her own religion. Uh, Cheryl completely gets on board, and you're watching that and go, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Oh, I can well, follow Pete, this. I'd like to mention somebody else who came out from behind a wall and was reborn. His name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> mm. True. Okay. Penelope. Um, well, and like if you have Jason as your sort of um, your deity, like maybe there's a chance to scoop up some of the youth, some of the classmates. Mm-hmm. I uh, love the fact that we got to see Trevor Steins as Jason Blossom again, and he still did not say a word. Great. You bit. love that. You I think, love that you bit. Think he's, it's yeah, a good bit. I, I hope that at least the skeleton starts to get lines at some point. You know what I mean? Talking skeleton? Uh, yeah. Could happen. It's really <laughs> Could happen. Could happen. Uh, well, and I think for the larger, larger Cheryl narrative, <laughs> she's slipping further away from where mm-hmm. we were, um, and making it harder for Shoni to get back together. And I think maybe setting up Tony really needing to full on rescue her. Do yeah. you think it's rescue her or just like smack her once and be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Good old fashioned smack her. Yeah. I don't wow. know. 
I yeah, I've never thought of that as a means of rescuing someone. But uh, give me a second. There's someone drowning out here. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can works. help them out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's jump over to Betty, who is eating smart food, a delicious, delicious popcorn product that everybody uh. should check out. Is that also Lay's? I didn't actually check this, but I, I assume this is part of the pattern of eating all these Lay's brand chips. Uh, pr- I'm just gonna say probably. Uh, but nothing better, no better snack to eat when you're on either a murder case or a missing ex-boyfriend case. <laughs> so she's watching food. the truckers, gets a call from Tabitha. I really, uh, this is also jumping ahead uh, quite a bit, but I really like the storyline. And what I liked about the storyline and the way that it was written is that it started off with a very pointed Betty saying, who is this? Because she doesn't know who Tabitha is. Right. Tabitha is not in her phone. They're not friends. They haven't really interacted at all. And the whole point of the storyline, even though it was built around Jughead and searching for Jughead, the main point in my mind was to get Tabitha and Betty to a place where they're actually friends. And I thought that was really nice. Uh, well, we're, we're skipping uh, past something again. And I just wanna... No, no, we'll talk through we'll, the whole we'll storyline. We're just on smart food right now. Well, well I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying we're talking about Betty when she was uh, undercover. The undercover the trucker. Truck? Yeah. yeah, that was I mean, that was a sweet like kind of like SWAT team undercover. I believed it. I thought it was a great I thought like the way that it just cut to her and it was like, of course, that's where Betty is. And Wait, you believe exactly. it because she was she was sitting in a truck. Well, also like, like all truckered out, like, you know, mm-hmm. she had the black was on it, black with the with the she hat was eating smart food, the favorite popcorn of truckers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And nothing says trucker like a trucker hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you won't find someone in a trucker hat that's not a trucker. Well, the name. Justin, I think you were going to comment on the Betty Tabitha situation. Yes. I was surprised how deep they got into sort of Jughead as the um, the connecting point between them to the point where we hear the message later on um, once they add uh, Jughead's uh, New York oh, ex the in there as well. Like it got got deep in this storyline that I didn't expect to get all that way. I really liked it. I thought yeah. it was well written. It was well acted. I liked the beats that they hit. They were some expected beats, but I think in unexpected ways, which I thought was very nice. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that. Uh, in the meantime, though, Betty agrees to look for Jughead, put her whole trucker poly thing on hold for a second. Tabitha, meanwhile, gets attacked by a crook from who has escaped from the prison, takes him straight down, which is great. Crook is in the hospital, tells Sheriff Keller and Archie all about all the other crooks and what's going on with them. At which point we see some some of the worst villains in Riverdale history. Dodger and wait, not Donna Dickens. Wait, what's her name? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Donna Dickens? His mom? Yeah. Yeah. They say it a bunch of times to try to get us to remember it. Yeah, it's not Donna because Donna is Donna Sweet. Anyway, Mom Dickens. Okay. <laughs> I'll look it up Mama in a Dickens. second when I'm not talking. Uh but she they attack uh Veronica's jewelry store. They leave with the opal. Uh, at which point Kevin, Fags, and Archie see that Hiram and the governor are offering a reward to catch all the criminals, and Archie wants that bounty. He wants the money oh, to fix yeah. the school. Um, I like this as well. I thought this was fun, uh, the way this was set up. It didn't... The trailer implied something different with the Archie versus Hiram than the way we got it here, and I thought that was nice. Well, and I love the idea of Archie being like, you know what? 
let me just go talk to Hiram and try to make some money off this guy. Seems like a plain dealer. Uh, let's just make some of this bounty from catching criminals. Another <laughs> great task for Archie to do, especially when his boxing gym seems to draw criminals like moths. Yeah, I like this dog, the bounty hunter, Archie. I think this is a fun idea. It would be cool if this, like kept going a little bit. He kind of gets to fight his vigilante demons this way. And, uh, you know, he gets to kind of round up and, uh, you know, get get some money for his gym. Uh, Darla Dickens, by the way. Darla is the name. And then we find out that the governor, in fact, is in cahoots with Hiram. He wants the Palladium as well. Very well-timed storyline, given that Riverdale is probably in New York and having the governor in a lot of trouble really ties in with our real-life situation wow. here. Wow. I was thinking of this a lot as well during this episode, the idea that the governor is <laughs> in with the mayor of a small town being like, hey, give me some of the palladium you have underneath your jail. It's like, what? Don't you have stuff to do, governor? Yeah, aren't you busy? Uh, Reggie and Veronica talk. She wants his help finding the opal. He initially kind of prods at her a little bit, but then says he'll help for old time's sake. So what do you think is going on here? Are we at the beginning of a Reggie redemption arc for real, or is this just a one-off with Reggie and Veronica? Redemption. I I think we started with Reggie in a bad place, and then in the first part of the season, we saw him sort of stepping out from that reluctantly. I think he and Veronica and their sort of relationship, I'm not calling it a sexual relationship yet, but I think they have a relationship from earlier seasons, and uh, she's going to draw him out. I think he's rocking a sweet kind of like mullet thing that uh, and, and saying lines like the bad guys pay better. I mean, it's hard for Veronica uh, not to get swooned a little bit. Irresistible. Yeah. yeah, you judge yeah. people by their hairstyle mostly, Pete. So this is yeah. a big, big move mm-hmm. for him. The mullet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when you see a mullet, you're like, oh, there's some sort of party there, perhaps in the back. I want to yeah. check let that. Me out. Go, let me go around. Here's the thing with mullets. It's like business the front party in the back. Have you ever been to the back of a mullet? Less <laughs> of a party. No one ever follows up and goes to the back of the mullet. No one ever. Not as much of a party as you might think. There's it's definitely a mess. business in the front. Not going to check. Yeah. We'll see what go happens. Go to the party. Go to the mullet party is what I always say. A so let me jump over to Tabitha and Betty. Tabitha actually tells Betty about the don't be such a Betty line that Jughead oh, threw at her man. back when he was uh, tripping on maple mushrooms. I think he already was tripping on maple mushrooms, right? Um, but she decides to help. And again, I thought this was a really good motivation. I know I keep pointing this out, but um, I really like the way they tied things in in this episode uh, because of Polly, where she's like, no, I don't want somebody else to be lost. I always already feel bad about this. I'm going to help you out with Jughead, even though she is irked about him and everything that's going on with him. Um, so I, I thought that was good. Again, it gives Betty a good motivation to be there and ultimately become friends with Tabitha. I will say it is weird that they got into this topic Um like, it feels like they're trying to get Jughead, but then they're also trying to reckon with Jughead, who Jughead mm-hmm. is between the two of them, which felt strange to me. I don't know what the motivation is here, because Tabitha in these scenes felt like she actually doesn't really care for him in, in a big way. It's just she's like, yeah, he's this dude who eats French fries, and then uh, he worked here, and he told me all about all this stuff. Well, they also had a kiss 
which that's what I'm saying. I thought we were on the track on. here. Yeah. No, no. But that's instead, a, uh, this was clearing that like as not an option. This is really setting that... up Betty and Jughead in a really great way. And, and Justin, I'm sorry, uh, but this is how this is all going to move forward. And we had these women in the room together to kind of clear the air and be like, all right, who's into Jughead and like what's going on? And like, <laughs> okay, you know, real people quick, talked it out. Point out the moments where you really felt Betty really feeling it for Jughead in this episode. I'm not um, saying that that's there yet, but nice. what's happening is their worlds are colliding. They're going to collide and you know, it might be in a truck and you know, I'm, I'm oh, feeling this might about, fly you're around. Talking about a, you're talking about a car accident, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is always oh. the most romantic of the accidents. That's right. True. That is true. Yeah. Man, when I fell in love with her, it was like a fucking car crash. That's what it I was always like say. Somebody I mean, you with a truck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yay! Hooray! Describe my relationship. Oh, it's like a jet ski and a Black Hawk helicopter. <laughs> <into the street>. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Oh wow! Well, here's the thing. I think it's worth jumping a little bit all over the place with this uh, when we're talking about this Betty and Tabitha and Jughead stuff. I think. There are a lot of different directions that they can go by the end of this episode, and I think they're all open for it. In terms of Betty and Jughead, it still really feels like we don't have all the information there. Jughead leaves at the end of the episode to head back to New York. He leaves that voicemail. How could he get in a truck? How could you get in a truck? With everything that's happening (laughs) right now, you get in a truck, you moron. What a dumb idiot. Oh, oh my, my God. God! That's an entire. That's I a hope side he thing. dies. I hope he dies. <laughs> Total yeah. side thing. But my point being that he's going to go to New York. We hear this voicemail, but we don't know what circumstance he was in when he said that. We haven't seen that yet. We haven't understood what he's been going through. It's a rough thing to go through, and it's definitely presented as very negative in this episode. But we don't know what happened on his side. Why didn't Betty show up? Why did he expect her to show up after so many years? There's a lot of questions there, I think, that ultimately as characters we're going to have to see them reckon with. And I believe we probably will to potentially head towards Bughead again. We'll see. But on the other hand, one of the last lines of the episode is from Jughead with his letter or his voicemail. Yeah, it's voicemail. a voicemail. Yeah. Uh, to Tabitha saying, hey, maybe we can finish that dance, clearly indicating that he's still into her. And maybe no, he wants to find out just, if there's... Maybe we can was, finish yes. that dance and, and then part as friends. Yeah, just like I just want to, you know, sometimes... You know, it's yeah. fun okay, dancing. So just, with you. You know, just he, to recap, he wants to go. He, he wants to go on Dancing with the Stars with her. Yeah. Right? Just, well, just to recap, you thought he was writing a letter to somebody. What year did you? Just, do this? I don't know. I listen, man. <laughs> He's going to fight the Civil War. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Dear just to recap, I thought. I fought long in the Trucker Wars. <laughs> It turns out I was tripping balls. Yeah, you're distracting <laughs> from the fact, Pete, that in the past five minutes, you have indicated that car crashes, romantic dances mean nothing. Well, sometimes they can just two people having fun on the dance floor. What is a car accident, but two cars trying to do the cha-cha? That's right. <laughs> is what Pete the forbidden said. dance. The forbidden the dance. Forbidden this... dance. Very sexual uh, car accident. Yeah, that's my right. parents would never let me see that movie when it came out. Cha Cha, the Forbidden uh, Dance. <laughs> I mean, that's okay, actually I don't good. Know what that is. I'm with your parents on this one. That sounds like a VHS tape that was just written in Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, you put that out, and that's not what that is. 
That's some like I Showtime softcore pornography. I thought the voicemail was real great because it reveals that um, there's a lot more complicated stuff going on with their breakup, and are it we, gives a little hope. Are we jumping straight to the voicemail because there's so that, many? You things. brought up the voicemail. I, know, I was I just know, circling back around. We have two voicemails we're talking about at the same time: the, Be- yeah. the Betty one and then the Tabitha yeah. one at the end. Well, we definitely should or, talk about the Betty one because that's. Or one wait, did that, he? Or wait, did he send Tabitha a Raven? Yeah, he was talking to the character Doc. That was also voicemails, right? Yeah. <laughs> Junket only speaks in voicemails. Yeah, what is what is a, a conversation top, but yeah. a voicemail we're recording live? Mm, wow. It was a telegram. I got to worship that religion now. That was pretty <laughs> profound. Darla dresses up as a nurse, which is very funny and out of character. Takes out Jeremiah, I believe, is the crook there. And also knocks out Sheriff Keller, part of their plan to kidnap oh, all the people Keller. in the town and uh, get some palladium somehow. Dot, not dot, a dot. great plan. This plan <clears throat> is bad from the jump. No, not a great plan. Uh, Betty and Tabitha look through the bunker. They find his novel. I'll tell you what. I was, as a Jughead writer hater on this podcast, mm-hmm. I was very happy to find out that his novel was absolute nonsense, that he did not write yes. something wonderful and brilliant that was going well, to be published. we don't know yet. They only paged through a couple of it, and they split it up like you don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely gets good. All novels yeah. start bad and get good. <laughs> It was the best of times. It was the, I don't know, keep reading, please. Most writers do. And then we go over to Jughead. He is warming himself by a fire from a barrel. Barrel fire. Come on. Classic. And a couple of businessmen come out and beat the shit out of him. Fucking businessmen are the worst. They're the worst. Always hanging out in Sketch Alley and beating up homeless guys. Those rich people suck, man. Well, they're so mad because they can't bring their cats to work. If only there was a way they could put their cats in their (laughs) Throw a little ham in there if they want. Again, the ham is a separate thing. Maybe there's a little ham caddy. I'm going to listen back to every podcast we did, and I swear to God we talked about putting ham in that suitcase. What if there was a little ham side? You were like, oh, man, ham, but you never said it out loud. Maybe. Maybe. I guess we'll never know. Archie, Uncle Frank, Kevin, and Fangs decide to go after the crooks altogether. Meanwhile, Tabitha and Betty come up. Yes. Is that when Archie plugs his Batman entrance? I know that. I think that's later on when they're talking about jumping through the skylight, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were a weird amount of DC Comics references in this episode. There was Batman when they talked about uh, Hiram Safe. They mentioned Lex Luthor. Luthor, yeah. Jughead traded his regular S shirt for a Superman shirt. Superman shirt. Yeah. Yeah, Which was weird. Interesting. weird. Very strange. Threw me off a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. But... We, uh, Tabitha and Betty, that's what we're talking about. Tabitha and Betty, they decide to call Jessica. Um, she immediately says, oh, wait, I'm going to come up to Riverdale. When she, as later we find out, when she finds out about the manuscript, that's her main motivation there. She's yeah, a little worried about that. I can't believe Betty just gave it to her. Uh, Dodger leaves just as Archie and the gang come in. And then we get a team up here because Reggie manages to save him. He's the only one that's brought a gun to a gunfight. <laughs> And Archie is pretty annoyed. Archie is annoyed at Veronica. She's focused on the wrong things. This certainly points to some tension with him that, again, I feel like got diffused by the end of the episode. But it sounds like, Justin, at least maybe you feel a little bit differently. I think we're going to see some more here. It feels I just feel that vibe. They there are two characters that seem to be moving toward each other when a lot of characters are moving away from each other, specifically (laughs) in this case, Archie and Veronica. 
Jughead and Betty. Well, Wait. Jughead and Doc, I think, because in our next scene, Jughead is woken up by a homeless man named Doc, who is a wise old homeless man, as all homeless men are. Mm-hmm. Thank you uh, for saying that. We find out that he is the man he beat up a long time ago. Or no, at least he, watched. He, watched he was young and he kind of froze while somebody beat up Doc and he just stood there. Yeah. He felt guilty. He didn't do anything. I did like the flashbacks of this episode, too. I'm not usually a huge fan of flashing back to scenes, but this is one that I definitely thought was helpful just for tying up continuity because I didn't remember that at all. Well, let me say, in Riverdale, I appreciate a flashback because it is a very slight tether to reality, to a, mm-hmm. a, a reality we can make. Right. That's how I remember that. Honestly, if they had a flashback in this episode to Betty eating smart food in a truck, I'd be like, thank you. I forgot that already. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's why I take maple mushrooms every episode to have (laughs) flashbacks to earlier. I try to watch all the series at once. Yeah, just so you can get kind of like mentally, you know, lined up so you can really write something. As we're going to learn in a minute, there's no better way to experience um, what a friend is thinking than to take mushrooms and think about them. Yeah. Then we went over to another returning character that you had to be pretty happy about, Pete. Hiram is threatened by none other than the Punisher himself. It is. It was from, uh, if you remember, it was the same crook. Uh, He was a mercenary who used to work with Uncle Frank. He fought Archie in the bathroom. He had the Punisher skull shirt. It was a very loose adaptation of Archie versus the Punisher, the comic book. And now he's back with the barbed wire bat, which seems like he's mixed up Punisher and Negan at this point. Yeah, exactly. A little Lucille shout out. Mm -hmm. It's really a Pete mashup. Yeah. All your favorite things. If there was a cheesesteak on there, you would have been like, this is the best episode of Riverdale ever. Yeah, that would have been a little too much for me to handle. Sorry, Pete. Jessica, Betty, and Tabitha rifle through his room, which is completely trashed. Then they go over to his classroom. Uh, Then we go over to Veronica, who gets called by the Punisher and crew, who have Hiram, the governor, and Sheriff Caroler. They shoot the governor and then demand a bunch of palladium that nobody has. So, again, not a great plan. We're at the El Royale Firehouse Boxing Gym Headquarters for the Red Hood Recording Studio for Archie Construction Business Headquarters Where he rebuilds schools and apartments um, um, Opal Container Plays <laughs> And then from under the boxing ring uh, Some little voice says And also it's a youth hostel Because we sleep here Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, hey, and, what's orphans. and then Archie was like Hey guys don't worry about it That roof isn't finished We can just jump Jump right in, man. You're that, yeah. There's no roof on that place. I have an unfinished skylight. I'm in charge can, of it. They can take four grappling hooks for us <laughs> to Mission Impossible in. Also, not a great plan because they repelled it very slowly. Yeah, come on. I mean, plenty of time also, for everybody to respond. The Let's idea that no one would safe. have seen or heard them doing that is insane. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked cool, and that's the important yeah. part. Also, it's it fun to see everybody tie it team up on this pseudo heist as they go in to take the safe out for the wall. Also very funny that they just pull out the whole safe and wheel it over to El Royale. That was enjoyable as well. And then we go over to Betty and Tabitha who take Jessica to the bunker. She wants them to take shrooms to retrace his steps. Uh, not this how, was another, that's not how, dr- not how drugs work. No, <laughs> that's absolutely not how drugs work. I did. This is entirely about expectations, but I like the fact that everybody thought 
Betty and Tabitha were going to take shrooms to retrace his steps, but then we actually got a swerve there. Like Jessica suggests it. And then that happens, but kind of in a different way. Um, So they're very straight laced. They say, Nope, never going to do shrooms. Sorry. We haven't done that. We're not interested. And she says, you know what? Why don't we go to pops? At which point I was like, Oh, Jessica's 100% going to drug them with shrooms. Then it absolutely is going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, it was clear that Jessica from the beginning was like looking for uh, something of Jughead's and then she just comes clean. I was a little disappointed of Betty of just handing over uh, Jughead's, uh, you know, just masterpiece. I'm yeah, sure is tripped out, unbelievably well done manuscript. And uh, Jughead you know, is I, not a good writer on a regular Hey, come day. on. Yeah. Pete, come honestly, on. that'd be like if I was like, Pete, what? You handed my ex a f- crazy Facebook post I wrote <laughs> that you printed out? No. That's completely different. She's going to sell that for millions of dollars. Yeah, to the hot dog agent? I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> I need hey. pages. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Jughead. I need ketchup. I need ketchup. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Jughead sees Doc being beaten up. He saves him, but then falls down himself. He's still yeah. not doing very well. Yeah. Jughead falls down or yeah. What? Jughead saves him. He redeems himself after his frozen. He steps up this time and is the Superman just as uh, he kind of uh, then crumples over and almost dies. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Jessica gets them all fries. They talk about what went down in high school. Betty plays the voicemail for them, uh, and they listen to that. Now, Justin, I'm curious to hear from you, because there's a lot of talk about the Barchi stuff that goes down here. What do you think Betty's take on is? is? Because we clearly get in, like, Jughead's frame of mind from two years ago through the voicemail. But I wasn't totally clear on how Betty is feeling about the situation. Well, well, how well, did Justin know? I mean, I have a sense. I'm sort of like the professor of Betty here. The what? Barchi, a Barchi uh, a professor? PhD. It started as a Barchi question, and I guess it just sort of morphed in my mind. So either well, one. Well, let, let me. I mean, Pete, I don't know if we'll have time for your take, but I'll give you mine real quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I was surprised. I thought Betty was going to have more of a Hopefully reaction. Hopefully, we could squeeze it in. We could maybe squeeze it in. I thought Betty was going to have more of a reaction here, but in, instead, she's sort of wooden about it. She's sort of like, it feels like she's moved past all of that guilt and is just like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I was surprised by that. I thought, because I thought this was going to be a, a, a on-ramp for her to sort of get back into to Jughead or Bughead feelings, but it didn't play that way at all. And while I was surprised, I wasn't unhappy to see that it was like, oh, it does feel like she does not have feelings for Jughead here. Oh, Justin. Counterpoint. I think we have about 30 seconds for a response. Okay, so how it works is what's nice is the no reaction is her kind of really taking it in and thinking about how she feels about it. Okay? (laughs) She is not going to, like, kind of, like, be like, oh, you know, like, oh, she's like, Seeing how she feels about it. She was like, man, this Jughead guy keeps coming back into my life. I, you know, this kind of guy, he's haunting me a little bit, but I'm not going to just push him completely away. I still am going to help him and do what's right. And, you know, maybe that's going to lead me down a path where I can open myself up to love again. And I think that that's, you know, baby steps and happening. 
Pete, you talk about Bughead like you used to date Bughead, and you're like, we're definitely going to get back together. And Bughead <laughs> is dating like somebody else right now. I do think we're going to have a conversation down the road, like I was saying earlier. Just dialing in on the voicemail a little bit. What, Justin? You know what? You play you play it like you're neutral on the Bughead versus Barchi thing, but you're a Bughead guy. You Am always I? you are because you're always so. in yeah. here, and maybe you're just trying to be like on the Pete side here. But you're always like, actually, I think, and I'm just like, save it. You're just you're just well, like. So here's Pete. the thing. I this is we've talked about this incessantly because we've talked about every episode of Riverdale probably multiple times at this point. But it's very hard to prognosticate what's going to happen on Riverdale because sometimes it doesn't directly connect to the episode that happened right before. So. Oftentimes, I think we're working off the information that we have interior in the episode. What I liked about this one is it actually did connect to multiple episodes that we've seen before and multiple emotional things. But I don't necessarily expect that's going to pan out to even next week's episode, you know. So here's the thing. With Betty and Archie at the current time, we know Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. He gave not an interview, but just a brief quote to TV Line saying that in the final couple of episodes, Betty and Archie's relationship is going to deepen. I feel like I've heard variations of that. <laughs> your eyebrows just popped off your head, Justin. What? I- <laughs> <laughs> Quick, find them. They're gone. <laughs> That's how excited I was. My eyebrows have vanished. And that is something that I feel like I'm skeptical just because I feel like I've heard variations on that quote before where it's like, Betty and Archie are going to go really close this season and then they kiss in a car and then feel bad about it one episode later and that's the whole thing, you know? That's what that's what love is, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even this season, too, where we got them doing booty calls and hooking up until we How got How dare the- you? That was not a booty call. That was a shower call. Shower call. Ring, ring. It's a shower call. But But that's what they were doing, or at least that's what we've been told they're doing. And I want to see them actually try out the Barchi relationship and see where it goes and give it a fair... They did not. And give it a fair chance. But I'm very skeptical we're ever going to see that because we haven't so far. Versus Bughead, there are things that they need to deal with. Are they going to have a relationship down the road? I don't know, and I don't know necessarily that I even want them to, particularly based on this episode, but I do want them to sit down and have a talk about everything that went on, because even though, to dial back into the voicemail for a second, even though Jughead, not at the beginning of the season, but right after the time jump, apologized for the voicemail and said he's moved on from it, and Betty seems rather nonplussed about everything, Clearly, they both actually have stuff that they need to deal with and they need to talk about and they need to lay out there. Like, I, I'm i only spending so much time on the voicemail because that is something that fans have really, really built up. And I know there's been a lot of discussion already, even before the episode aired about it, where they, in the show, refer to it as like, whoa, that's super dark. To me, in my mind, that is a very typical bad drunk voicemail. Like, it's yeah. a bad voicemail. It is not the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You know, like, I I've, yeah, I think you can come back from that. But in terms of the span of the show, that's not how the characters are referring to it. And that's not how they feel about it. So they are going to have to deal with it at some point. Like, the little uh, asterisk caveat there is towards the end of the voicemail, I wrote down the entire thing just because whatever. But at the end, he does start to like ramp up. And I think Cole Sprouse does a really good job here of going from like 
Betty, where the hell are you? And just kind of annoyed in his tone and a little whiny to it having this turd of like when you hooked up with Archie, you know, you found the one person you who would yes. hurt both me and Veronica yes. and you just went there. You're a cold, fake, duplicitous bitch. And once Ooh, people read my much. book, everyone is going to see that. I agree. The B word is one of my least favorite words in the English language that takes it too far. But in terms of the emotional span of that voicemail, I think you can see where it starts off with something small and it becomes something big. This is not to defend Jughead. I think it's just an explanation of what happens there. So here's the thing. What's interesting about it is how it hits Betty. Because Betty never got to hear this, right? Who knows how much they talked about why they breaked up or what their issues were. But this could be the first time Jughead's like voicing feelings about the fact that it was Archie. It hurt extra because it was Archie. So like... That might hit her differently a little bit. So it's 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 interesting. It's always painful to kind of hear into you know uh, private ship, uh, especially when somebody's like uh, you know not being respectful of another person. But it's also a lot of like raw emotions. So it'll be interesting how that affects the relationship moving forward. Sorry, I'm just still thinking about how the Barchi relationship's going to deepen later this season. <laughs> so I'll see you guys later. All right, cool, All right. cool. Fair enough. I mean, the last thing that I'll say about that is I do think it's interesting that Jughead sees this as something that Betty did on purpose. When as viewers, we know, or at least we assume, that both Betty and Archie, the reason that they kiss during Origin of Love is they were felting feelings stilted by their current significant others, and they wanted to be together. That there wasn't, it was the wrong thing to do because they were in relationships with other people, but they didn't do it for the reasons the Jughead is indicating. And I think that's at least part of eventually what is going to need to come out for at least Jughead to get past whatever's sticking in his craw right now, but probably also for Betty, because there's stuff going on with her that we haven't really dealt with yet. And let's remember, it was the origin of love. It wasn't the flash in the pan or the one-off of love. It was the origin. They should have been called the shower of love. Yeah. Once they dried off, the love wasn't there anymore. That's not how showers work. See, so that's (laughs) how their relationship worked. I'll walk you through it off, Mike. Yeah, my least favorite thing about taking a shower is after I towel myself off, I'm dirty again. That sucks. (laughs) Right, Pete? Yeah, Pete. Uh Uh, Mine is after I finish one shower, I have to wait like 10 minutes before I can shower again. Lame. We find out that the book is literal gibberish, very much like that line. Uh, But then Betty and Tabitha get drugged with maple mushrooms. They get taken over to the sex bunker. Jessica reveals that the reason her whole motivation is she was worried it would be about her. uh, And revealed to her New York friends that she didn't want that to happen. Which I thought was a nice kind of... Honest moment from Jessica. I was, I was suspicious <laughs> of that as a thing, though. It makes me think she's actually trying to get that published or will do that. Really? No? If it's actual nonsense, though? I think she's, as a writer, I think she's going to grab that and kind of like use that for something. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not the best decision that Betty made, but she was high on maple mushrooms. And then everybody dances and sings to Walking in Space from Hair. Betty and Tabitha dance as Cheryl and Penelope do a service 
Uh, very nice to see a religious service use a song from Hair. Meanwhile, yeah. Veronica brings the safe to Donna and crew. Archie and the gang, as we mentioned, repel in. They fight the crooks as uh, everybody montages together. We get to see Jason in a beautiful beam of light oh my wearing God. a red outfit. Great. Very fun. Yep. And Beautiful. at the end, Veronica gets her opal bat, which is great. We see the scene of Veronica and Archie talking in Pops, which I thought was very sweet and cute. And then cute divorce, divorce conversation, the divorce conversation. Well, just right. that thing at the end where she's like, are you still in? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. <clears throat> and she's like, well, I better get through this quickly then. I yep. thought it was very cute the way they played that. It yeah. was a cute scene, but I will say it just made me like, like, okay, all we have to do is get together is just have this little divorce taken care of. I was like, that With feels Chad. like it's going to be a huge problem. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I mean, not to name drop, yeah. but for the day job, I ended up interviewing Sakasa, and he said that that scene is going to have huge, huge ramifications for the rest of the season. I knew it. So there you, you got to trust that guy, Roberto. He says yeah. a lot of great things. Does he things. know anything like, about the show? Has he, like, has he watched <laughs> He's a super the show? fan, right? Okay. Just, Who's yeah, his source? Super fan. What's yeah. his source? Where does he get this Sources. information? <laughs> Sources? Yeah. Sources? Uh, where were we? Okay, so you Archie... Were, you were talking about how it was cool how Veronica dropped the A-team reference. She was like, thanks, Archie, for bringing your A-team. Oh, yeah. Because really, it's Archie's really team. really cool. I don't know if that was an A-team reference. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was she said A-team, so it counts. Sure. Okay. Hiram and the governor talk about the Palladium. Hiram is cutting him out of it. The Palladium is all his while the governor lies in the hospital. And then Jughead wakes up. Doc tells him, tells Jughead he needs to go home. But Jughead says he can't yet. Something horrible happened to him in New York and he's blocked it out. Doc offers him some sage advice. Again, if you ever need advice, go to a homeless man. You should. Absolutely. They know what they're talking about. And then Betty and Tabitha wake up. They realize what happened. They're friends now. And Tabitha says she wants to help look for the missing girls, which is very nice. Very nice. I love how their their dose on maple mushrooms, horrible thing. And they wake up. No, no worse for wear. Had nope, a nice little sweet dream the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Dance around had some hair. Almost tore his hand off. <laughs> <laughs> These girls wake up like, ah, oh, I feel so rested. It's I beautiful. think the thing is that Jessica put on some sweet tunes for them, and that yeah. made their trip all the much easier. Great Sometimes you just got to dance with a friend, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Dance with a friend. It's like a car crash come to life. Tabitha finally has a message from Jughead. As we mentioned, he's heading to New York. Hitches a ride with a trucker. It says, when I get back to Riverdale, maybe we can finish that dance. But he never will because he's going to die on the lonely highway. Like everyone else. Like everyone else. So that's it. That's the end of the episode. Any other moments you wanted to call out or anything particular you wanted to talk about, though, that was lots of stuff. Oh, my God. I've seen enough. So much. I've seen enough. Well, in that case, then, who was the MVP of this episode? Pete, I'll kick it over to you first. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm going up with Betty. You know, oh. Stop oh. saving her sister to go help an old friend. And, you know, you don't know what that's going to lead to, but there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of promise out there, and I'm excited about it. Justin, what about you? This is a tough episode. A lot of shared space. Everyone sort of got their moments in this episode, um, which makes a lot of sense. Even Uncle Frank, right? Uncle Frank got his time. Um, But I want to give it up to the character I thought sort of 
went through the most motion in this episode, and that's Cheryl. I feel like Cheryl mm. moved from being like a skeptic to being uh, a believer, perhaps, in this religion. Drinking the sweet water. Drinking the sweet water. Want to get into that um, sticky maple heaven and check it in on the true skeleton she has in her closet. Oh, my God. Her good old bro whose bones are squeaky clean. Man. I'm... I'm gonna get. I said that very weird. Uh, to your point, Justin, it is hard because it was such a group episode, which I think is great, and I would love to have yep. more of those. But it's time for me with Betty and Tabitha. I just oh. really like their. Well, then story you should just line. say the mushrooms one then. Oh, just the mushrooms. Yeah, the mushrooms. The yeah, magic the mushrooms. mushrooms. The maple yeah. mushrooms were my MVP of the episode because they yeah. really they brought people together. Whether it's Betty and Tabitha or Jughead and Doc, maple mushrooms all the way. Where it's at. Yep. I love them. Say say yes to drugs, says Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and you should too. say yes to supporting our podcast at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram. <laughs> at Riverdale. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Once you're off, you're off. <laughs> Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. I tracked down my eyebrows, guys, which I've named Betty and Archie in there together right now. <laughs> nope. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.